Welcome. This is the podcast of the Capacity Building for European Capitals of Culture project. The project has been initiated by the European Commission and here we'll share insights, best practices and know-how from experts in different fields on topics relevant for the design and implementation of European Capitals of Culture. In our first episode, we welcome Sylvan Pasqua, team leader of Capitals of Culture Creative Europe at the European Commission. My name is Sylvain Pasqua. I work in the European Commission. I have the pleasure to be the team leader in charge of the small team dealing with European Capitals of Culture. So the European Capitals of Culture, the idea was born in 1884. And the first European capital of culture was in Greece. It was Athens in 85. And the idea was really to reconnect culture and the European project because culture was somehow too much missing from uh, the European uh, community endeavor. So Melina Mercouri, who was then a culture minister in Greece, she had this incredible idea to celebrate diversity of cultures in Europe through one city, one different city every year. But now we have two and sometimes even three different cities holding the title of European Capital of Culture every year. And if you look also at the cities, which have been European Capitals of Culture, you see that we go from very big cities, from capital cities to all types of cities, small cities, medium-sized cities, beautiful cities, extraordinary, beautiful setting. We had Matera, for example, in 2019, but also we have now industrial cities, post-industrial cities, and we want uh, the ECOC cities to reflect the diversity of cities in Europe so that each citizen, whatever the country and whatever the type of city he or she lives in, feel also a sense of connection with this ECOC project. So the main purpose of the European Capitals of Culture was to connect Europeans. So we all know that you need also somehow a soul. When you have a project, you need a soul to implement it. And the European project was felt by too many citizens as being too bureaucratic somehow. So it's extremely important to show that if we build Europe, we don't only build institutions, we don't only make regulations, but we build also space where citizens feel they have something in common to share and also a space where they appreciate our diversity. The fact that you are not exactly the same whether you live in a Nordic country or in a southern country. And that's all very good because it's what makes our European Union so rich. The diversity, but also the common elements we have. So that, that was the original idea of European capitals of culture. And this is still very much the case today. We still need to enable citizens to feel that we all have something in common. We have a common project. We have also common values, the rule of law, democracy, tolerance, respect for others. That's something we want also through ECOC, uh, we want to promote. And also the feeling that we have differences and that diversity is not an issue. Diversity is something enriching the project and enriching the community. 
But I would say that along the years, on top of these initial objectives, you have now a new one, which is also how culture can connect with other policy fields such as education, social affairs, fight against exclusion, territorial cohesion, social development, economic development. So we want also through ECOC to show that when a city invests in culture, it invests in its social and economic development. So why do we have now this capacity building project? Well, very often when we had cities meeting us, you know, in this preparatory time between their designation as European Capitals of Culture, four years in advance of their ECOP title, and the ECOP title year itself, we saw the cities struggling with the same difficulties. And also at the end of the ECOC years, I met so often ECOC teams telling me, wow, we have learned so much. Of course, we will use our new skills in our new uh, functions, in our new professional life. But it's such a pity not to be able to share this knowledge, all the experience with those who are now going through the process of implementing an ECOC. So the idea was very much to somehow connect the experience of delivery teams of former European capitals of culture with delivery teams of new European capitals of culture. A second objective was also to increase the pool of expertise because we, we see that many European capitals of culture, when they are faced with the same problems, they go and see the same experts, which is good because we have quite good experts, uh, consultants working with European capitals of culture. But we were convinced that there was also an un un untapped reservoir of expertise that was not known to ECOC cities. So that was also the aim of this uh, ECOC capacity building uh, scheme, to enlarge reservoir of expertise, of consultancy uh, for implementing uh, delivery teams of future European capitals of culture. So there are many challenges uh, to implement an ECOC here. Of course, now, if you look at the selection process, you will see that along the, the years, the selection process has evolved quite a lot. Uh, in the early years of European Capitals of Culture, you had a selection, but it was a selection without criteria. So cities were designated by their uh, national authorities. It was approved at EU level, and this was done. And for example, Athens, the first European Capital of Culture in 84, it was designated in mid-84, just a few months before it got a title. So there was no much time to deliver a project. But along the years, criteria have appeared, and now we have a series of very demanding criteria cities have to follow to get the title, but also somehow these criteria, I think, as are very good elements for cities once selected, just to implement their projects. They are like milestones you have to keep in mind to ensure that you keep on track that you keep on the right path to have a successful European capitals of culture. For example, one criterion is about European dimension. 
because here we, we don't speak about just cultural capitals, but we, we speak about European capitals of culture. So what makes a European capital of culture so different is this European dimension, the fact that you connect with uh, people from across Europe, the fact that your cultural community connects with uh, counterparts from across Europe, that you try to reach an audience beyond your community, local uh, context or national context. So that's a big challenge reflected in a criterion to get the title, but it's also something you have to keep in mind all along the way, all along the path from selection to implementation of your ECOC here. And we have also other criteria which are exactly the same, criteria to get a title, but also something you have to keep in mind to have a successful ECOC year and legacy. For example, we want now cities to connect their ECOC project uh, with the development, overall a development strategy of the city, because we do not want an ECOC to be a one-off uh, during one year. We want it also to lead to some legacy, for example, new infrastructure, but sometimes also soft infrastructure, new skills for your local community, for your cultural players, for example, helps them to connect with partners from, from the rest of Europe or beyond, partners from Africa or from Asia, be more ambitious. So that should be a legacy of your ECOC here. And because we, we want cities to connect their strategy with their ECOC here, we think it's a way for cities through their strategies, but also through their budget to keep on the momentum built during the, the ECOC year. The same is true with audience development. You know that it's also very important for European, European capitals of culture. We have also now a new Creative Europe program for the next seven years. And this program puts also a strong emphasis on this uh, audience development dimension because you cannot build a strong cultural community if you do not embark your citizens. And I think that even if we are all convinced that art and culture are important, as such, we also think that art and culture have to be a tool to deal with some very hot issues. For example, in terms of social exclusion, we really think that through culture, you can connect with uh, derelict neighborhoods, for example, and do something which will really change the daily life of citizens all ac across the city, across the territory. We do not have a definition for culture at EU level, and we do not want really to, you know, to try to have one because we want also each of you, I mean, each of European citizens, each European cultural organization to have to propose uh, its uh, own definition. But clearly, when we speak about European capital of culture, we don't speak only about high culture. We don't speak only about the arts. We speak about many different aspects of, of culture. I personally like also high culture. I like to go to the opera. I like read very highbrow books, for example. But I also appreciate to go to a, a grassroots cultural parade in the streets of, of Brussels, where I meet with people who come from 
different backgrounds, different horizons. So I feel very much enriched when I'm given uh, this opportunity to meet people I do not know. And we see also that more and more cultural organizations want, as the audience, to be more active, to be part of the story, to contribute to the content of the cultural project. And that's something which is so important because it gives ordinary citizens, such as you and me, uh, the power to, to change something. We are part of a story. We are an active part of a story. And that's something which is very important because we, I think we must all become more and more aware that we have a voice and that uh, through uh, the voice we have, we have also the power, as uh, a modest power, to change a little bit of the whole story. European capitals of culture are not only about culture. It's a cultural project, but we know also that uh, we live in uh, difficult times. COVID-19, of course, but also so many challenges at world level. We see also that Europe has a voice or that Europe should use also its voice a little more to uh, defend its values. Uh, we live in a difficult time. We, we see some superpowers here and there not always having the same values. And that's okay, that's their choice. But I think that we are, have also, as European, we have the choice to have our own values. And that's also where culture and European capitals of culture can help. They can help us in defending the type of values we think are human values, which are very important for the further development of our societies. And uh, I see many uh, European capitals of culture also tackling this issue. What do we want as Europeans? What kind of world do we want? And for example, we see more and more European capitals of culture dealing with the issue of, of uh, ecology and how to save uh, the, the planet, how to make culture, but also our societies more eco-friendly. I see also more and more European capitals of culture dealing with uh, the issue of democracy, free expression, freedom of expression, which is so important in Europe uh, and maybe a bit less important in some other parts of the, of the world. So that's also something which is very important for us and something through ECOP we can uh, promote. I think it's very important to really start conversation on values. And of course, it's very important that the cultural community across Europe, in cities, but also in rural areas, through European capitals of culture, but also through other initiatives, express their views. What type of values do we want in, in Europe? And indeed, we don't have a final a discussion on this. I think it's really an ongoing process because the world is changing on a daily basis. So it's very important to promote this type of questions among citizens. And I think it's very important to fight apathy, to find this type of attitude where as a citizen, you do not feel really involved in the discussion because you think it is not important because you think your voice will never be heard, because you think that what matters to you is just to be able to be a consumer. Culture has this power to make us understand that as human beings, 
we are much more than just uh, consumers. So it's really important to keep that in mind. We are more than consumers. We are human beings because we go beyond only what we consume. We are human beings because we have also a sound somehow. And culture helps us enlarge who we are. Budget is often uh, an issue for European capitals of culture, also because European capitals of culture, as they are mostly funded by as a public purse, but they get funding from various levels for territorial governance. They get funding from the EU. We give at the end of the preparatory process, we give what we call the Melina Mercury Prize of 1.5 million euros. But European capitals of culture need also much more budget. And they get budget from the state, from a region, from the city levels. And often they have to struggle quite a lot to get the funding early enough in the process to be able to set up a delivery structure to hire enough staff and to develop in due time the cultural program for their ECOC year. So indeed, it's very much an issue. On top of that, you have more and more cities also trying to get private funding through various uh, schemes and to make cities more aware of their corporate social responsibility. Uh, you see that in many cities and you see that uh, in some countries, the ECOC is often the opportunity to develop a new sense of responsibility among companies. The NECOC is a multifaceted uh, project. And as we want also the project to be connected with the overall development of the city, uh, because we think spending too much money on a one-year event would be just a, a loss of money. It means also that as a NECOC team, a NECOC delivery team, you will have to work with a large, a very large number of stakeholders. You will have to have a, a good uh, working relationship with the city authorities because the city authorities at the end of the ECOC year will be the ones uh, ensuring a legacy, ensuring that some of the projects of your ECOC year will continue giving funding to new uh, projects, uh, new cultural organizations, uh, because the ECOC year is also a way to test new ways to fund culture at city level. But of course, as a, an ECOC delivery team, you will have also to get extremely good relationship with your national authorities because your national authorities should be aware that an ECOC is not only a city, an ECOC is a whole country. It's a celebration of a whole country. And uh, you will need their help to, uh, for example, to make your ECOC cultural program known beyond national borders. You will need your cultural institutes across the world to spread the news about your program. So you very much depend also on your national authorities for many aspects connected, not only to funding, but also to communication, marketing, and diplomacy. And of course, you need also to work with your regional authorities because more and more cities they want to involve their surrounding area in their eco project. So you will have to ensure that your surrounding areas, your cities, communes, 
municipalities, rural areas around your city are also part of the story. The European dimension is a key element of your European capital of culture. And we see often cities just struggling with this concept of European dimension because it's true that there is no definition. What is a European dimension? There is no definition because I think it's very important for each city to have a reflection of what it means for it, what is relevant for the city. So my own piece of advice would be to find the European dimension as the meeting point between who you are as a city and the European project. Where does the European project meet your city, your citizens? Where is it relevant? How can you influence this European project? How can you also maybe inject new values into this uh, European project? How ready are you to also embrace these new partners coming from other countries in Europe? How ready are you to also to learn what is going on in other countries uh, in Europe or beyond to improve the way culture is developing in your city? So you see the European dimension, which, which is so much of an issue for many cities, is really a different way to ask questions which are very relevant for your citizens. It must not be something which is artificial, coming from Brussels, Brussels being at the heart of Europe. Because I do not think that the heart of Europe is Brussels. I think the heart of Europe is each place in Europe. So we have a lot of hearts in the European Union and that's also where audience development is so important, because through audience development, you make people realize that the makers of this story, they are the makers of this European dimension. They are the ones who will make the both hands meet, the local dimension, but also the European ideals. And it's not for me or for Brussels to say what these ideals should be. It's just a collective discussion. makes a success of an ECOC. It's, it's also a question for each city because, you know, we have some objectives at EU level. So as I said before, uh, cultural diversity showcases what we have in common as European, connecting culture and the development strategy of the city. But of course, each city will have its own objectives because a situation differs from one city to the other. So, so it's really up to you, cities, up to you delivery teams of ECOC together with your local stakeholders, but also maybe with your national stakeholders to define what will be your success. And as we know, once you have clear idea about what a success will be, you have also to define a way past to go from today to tomorrow and to success. And you have then to also find milestones, indicators, that will enable you to just measure whether you are or not on the right track. If I think now of the legacy of the ECOC as a whole, not of each individual city, I would say that one very strong legacy is the awareness we have now in Europe that culture matters also for the city development. Along the years, ECOC have proven 
have shown that uh, through culture, you can also achieve many, many different objectives. Culture matters as such, but through ECOC, we have also now some evidence that culture and ECOC they lead to very positive externalities for our communities. So I would say that's a very general legacy of European capitals of culture, showing that culture is not a luxury. It's something we need as human beings. It's something we need also as part of the community. It's something we need as part of the overall European project. What I would like to see now is really cities not replicating the same mistakes as before. My main vision for European capitals of culture is really this connection between the local contexts and the European context, because I know it's still so much of a difficulty everywhere in Europe for each citizen and for cultural organizations to really go beyond as a local context and to see that going one step further and connecting with a counterpart from another country, it's not only a challenge, it's not only something which is a risk. Of course, it is also a risk because you go and meet people you do not know and you have linguistic issue, it's difficult, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You go out of your comfort zone. But I would like also people to understand they have so much to learn. From, from here. And another dream I have for European capitals of culture is to develop the European dimension beyond Europe, because we do not want Europe to be a fortress. We want also to, Europe to be open to the rest of the world. And one of our neighbors is Africa. It's a continent which is so close to Europe. And I feel in Africa so much cultural vibrancy. So that's very personal, but I would like also ECOC cities to have more projects with African organizations. The ECOC family is made of people. That's nice. People, not institutions. People who are convinced that they get along a lot uh, through networking, through uh, creating and maintaining connections going beyond national borders. And that's also one of the main ideas of the European project, uh, trying to connect between you and someone who is beyond your national borders, because we think we have much to gain from uh, working together. Not always easy. And of course, as I'm working for the European Commission, I work with a lot of uh, administrative work. But what keeps me going on is really the energy I feel every time I speak with uh, de delivery teams of European capitals of culture. So often I see their, their problems, but I also see their enthusiasm. And when I visit an ECOC city, I see also the outcome, projects, you know, uh, being implemented. And when I see that, I must say I'm so much full of energy. I think it is a privilege to work within the commission in the field of, of culture. It's just so amazing. The amazing people I meet on a daily basis, you know, physically now, of course, but through Zoom. And when COVID is over, I, I hope I will meet them again.
physically and to feel also this energy, you know, from one to one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast of the Capacity Building for European Capitals of Culture Project, initiated by the European Commission. We hope you enjoyed this episode and join us next time for more.